everyone, and welcome to God's Plan, Your Part, a podcast where our goal is to read the entire Bible in a year, seeking to understand God's plan of redemption while discovering daily and practically your part in it. All right, everybody, welcome back to the podcast. Today we are looking at Matthew 23 and Luke 20 to 21. Uh, There's quite a few stories here that we have already read before, and so we've covered a lot of the stories that that we're touching on today. Um, There's a couple interesting things here. First of all, in Matthew 23, uh, we get a good picture of Jesus confronting the Pharisees. Matthew 23 is almost exclusively Jesus warning against the Pharisees, the scribes and the Pharisees, basically calling them out for being hypocrites. And there's a long list of things uh, that they are doing that Jesus takes issue with, but largely he takes issue with the fact that that they are teaching things that they do not practice themselves. So basically, they are incredible hypocrites. And this is something that Jesus has been teaching against many times. If you think back to when he was talking about judging your brother, and he says that uh, how can you judge a brother for a speck in his eye while you have a log in your own eye? Uh, First remove the log from your eye, and then you can judge your brother. So the whole idea in that story was that Jesus does not want us to be hypocrites. And here when Jesus confronts uh, the scribes and the Pharisees, and keep in mind, like things are getting more and more and more tense for Jesus. Uh, These different audiences are getting more angry with Jesus the more he talks. So there's really pointed language here in Matthew 23, where Jesus is saying, hey, these guys are hypocrites. Don't listen to them. Uh, They expect you to do things that they would never do themselves. Uh, There's an interesting aside that he points out before he starts opposing them. Uh, He says in chapter 23, verse 2, The scribes and the Pharisees sit on Moses' seat, so do and observe whatever they tell you, but not the works they do. For they preach, but do not practice. They tie up heavy burdens hard to bear. And lay them on people's shoulders, but they themselves are not willing to move them with their fingers. So you can take notice here that Jesus is saying there is some value to what they're teaching because what they are teaching is founded in what Moses was teaching. And they have the same kind of authority that Moses had as they are the religious leaders of the people. But Jesus wants them to understand, to notice Uh, how hypocritical they are and how dangerous they are because what they are preaching does not match what they are practicing. Obviously, uh, this is not an issue that ended in Jesus' day. This is an issue that persists. And I think probably the best way that we fight it is we make sure that we do not fall into the same kind of category uh, where we are, you know, preaching strong messages or expecting a certain lifestyle from people uh, but we're not willing to meet those standards ourselves. I mean, that, do- that doesn't mean we remove all standards. It doesn't mean we get rid of all expectations. It doesn't mean that we stop asking people to be sanctified and pursue holiness. It just means that we ourselves should make sure we are in alignment with the things that God is asking of us before we start asking other people to meet the same standards. And so hypocrisy is very important to pay attention to. And Jesus takes issue with it many, many times. Um, So moving into Luke, uh, Luke had some really interesting stuff in it. Luke chapter 20 and chapter 21. Uh, Luke 20 
basically has a lot of the same stories that we've already talked about. Uh, Luke 21 starts out with the story of the widow who gave uh, just two small copper coins. It seems like she hasn't really given anything, but Jesus says that her offering is is the, the best offering because she has given out of her poverty when everybody else has given out of their abundance. Um, and then Jesus goes on to kind of, I think, like issue a lot of prophe- prophecy. Um, and it's, it's pretty apocalyptic. Like you could listen to what Jesus is saying. I mean, particularly now with current world events, uh, you could be looking at this Luke 21 and really being curious about what it's talking about. And so if you look at Luke 21, verse five, it says, and while some were speaking of the temple, how it was adorned with noble stones and offerings, he said, as for these things that you see, the days will come when there will not be left here one stone upon another that will not be thrown down. This would have been an insane thing to say. Uh, It would have been a crazy thing for Jesus to say. It would have been a crazy thing for the people to hear because the temple in Jerusalem was kind of the center of all things, their worship. uh, And it was incredibly important to them and their identity. And it was also kind of one of those longstanding buildings that you just don't question. It'd be like somebody saying like, hey, look, uh, you see the White House over there? Someday it's going to be gone. Like if somebody said that and they were serious, I'm not saying that in a serious way, uh, but if somebody said that and they were serious, you would you would be concerned about what they were saying and you would be concerned about the implications of what they were saying. And that is exactly how this audience would have received it when Jesus was saying this about the temple. It's very scandalous to say people already did not like what Jesus was doing. So the fact that he is speaking against the temple now is even more uh, problematic. And then he goes on to talk about um, wars. He talks about Jerusalem being surrounded. He talks about Jerusalem being destroyed. Um, Like always, you need to go read this for yourself. I'm not going to read over all these verses. We are going to do that um, at the end of the podcast, but Uh, You should probably go check this out um, because as I was reading over it today, I was like, wow, this sounds really crazy. I mean, anytime, anytime there is conflict in the Middle East right now, when I'm recording this, there's significant conflict in the Middle East. um, There's, there's these, these passages get a little bit more attention um, because people look at these passages and they think, wow, like, it seems like what Jesus is talking about is what is happening. And that's kind of what I want to want to address here. Uh, It's very likely that Jesus was not talking specifically about our time and our day for the majority of this passage. It's very likely that Jesus is telling them about when Jerusalem would be destroyed in 70 AD. So if you think about Jesus' ministry, uh, Jesus was probably speaking these words around 30 AD, could be, you know, give or take, maybe it was 28, maybe it was 32, maybe it was 35. Um, But Jerusalem would be utterly destroyed by the Romans in AD 70. So in verse 20, he says, but when you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, then you know that its desolation has come near. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains and let those who are inside the city depart and let not those who are out in the countryside enter it. For these are days of vengeance to fulfill all that is written. Alas for women who are pregnant and for those who are nursing infants in those days, for there will be great distress upon the earth and wrath against this people. Again, this sounds like, wow, you you could easily read this and be like, wow, I think that's what's happening. I think I'm watching that on the news. Most likely that is not what Jesus had in mind. 
Jesus most likely was talking about AD 70 when the Romans destroyed Rome and or not Rome when the Romans destroyed Jerusalem and the the people that were living at this time may have actually seen this. Actually a fun fact is that a lot of the believers at that time when the when Jerusalem was being destroyed, they remembered the words of Jesus and it was a known thing that many of them remembered that Jesus had said this and so they did what Jesus said and were spared because it was very normal uh, when armies are closing in for people to retreat inside of the city to be protected. But Jesus was telling them, don't go in the city, flee to the mountains. And many of the believers in that time actually did flee to the mountains. Uh, they also fled to a nearby city outside the Decapolis. And a lot of them were saved, but also a significant amount of people perished. So this is a very violent time in history. Uh, it's a very significant time in Christian history, um, because Christian and Jewish history, because they destroyed Jerusalem, they destroyed the temple. And that's probably what Jesus is talking about. Um, then he says, and then there will be uh, signs in the sun and moon and stars and the earth and distress of nations in perplexity because of the roaring of the sea and the waves, people fainting with fear and with foreboding of what is coming on the world for the powers of heavens will be shaken and they will see the son of man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. So Jesus kind of pivots and he, like he talks, I think he talks about the destruction of Jerusalem in AD 70, but then he does kind of pivot and say, the son of man is coming and you need to pay attention to when the son of man is coming. So I think that the emphasis of what Jesus is teaching here um, is that ultimately we are secure in Christ. Uh, God looks out for us. God protects us. He does He does say that there's going to be persecution. There's going to be struggle. There's going to be trial. Um, but those who hope in God are able to persevere, uh, either physically or spiritually, ultimately. Um, but the, the big overarching lesson is we should always be prepared. And so I don't really think we are ever meant to comb over this stuff and try to figure out a date or a time. Uh, he actually speaks against that. We're not supposed to try to know the date or the time. Actually, at one point, he says that false teachers are the ones who will be doing that. Um, so I don't think that's really for us to know. But what is for us to know is to be prepared and to have confidence and to have faith in the fact that God is looking out for us and caring for us. So we don't need to lose hope uh, when we see significantly concerning things in the news, which obviously the news these days is full of very concerning things. Uh, but we don't need to lose hope in the fact that God is looking out for us, God is caring for us, and God is ultimately in control. And so we look to him, um, we continue to honor him with our decisions, and we hope in him as well, which ultimately, that is what these folks would have taken away from this message. We can hope in God because he is in control. So that is the your part for today. Uh, even though there's some concerning things on the news, uh, even though there's concerning things happening in Israel, uh, do not lose hope and do not lose sight of the fact that we belong to God. We are his children. He cares for us. And so we don't need to be overwhelmed by these things. Um, we can we can hope in God. And I think just as another aside, um, we can that that's not me saying to like turn off your minds and to disengage. That is me saying like take what we're reading seriously. Uh, do everything you can to understand God's word and what he intends for us in our day. And that's one of the reasons we want to want to dig into the word and understand what's going on here. So um, use God's word, use God's spirit to have wisdom in our day and continue to hope in God. Don't be discouraged. We'll be back in tomorrow. We'll see you then. 
Thanks so much for listening to God's Plan Your Part. Don't forget, it is always more important that you listen to God's words rather than our words. So please stick around to hear the reading for the day uh, or go and find it in the Bible and read it yourself. If you are enjoying the podcast, please leave a rating and write a review on whatever platform you are using to listen to us. Now that we have all that out of the way, here is the reading for today. Matthew chapter 23. Then Jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples, The scribes and the Pharisees sit on Moses' seat. So do and observe whatever they tell you, but not the works they do. For they preach, but they do not practice. They tie up heavy burdens hard to bear and lay them on people's shoulders, but they themselves are not willing to move them with their finger. They do all their deeds to be seen by others, for they make their phylacteries broad and their fringes long, and they love the place of honor at feasts and the best seats in the synagogues, and greetings in the marketplaces and being called rabbi by others. But you are not to be called rabbi, for you have one teacher, and you are all brothers. And call no man your father on earth, for you have one father who is in heaven. Neither be called instructors, for you have one instructor, the Christ. The greatest among you shall be your servant. Whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. But woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you shut the kingdom of heaven in people's faces. For you neither enter yourselves nor allow those who would enter to go in. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you travel across sea and land to make a single proselyte. And when he becomes a proselyte, you make him twice as much a child of hell as yourselves. Woe to you, blind guides, who say, If anyone swears by the temple, it is nothing. But if anyone swears by the gold of the temple, he is bound by an oath. You blind fools, for which is greater, the gold or the temple that made the gold sacred? And you say, If anyone swears by the altar, it is nothing. But if anyone swears by the gift that is on the altar, he is bound by his oath. You blind men, for which is greater, the gift or the altar that makes the gift sacred? So whoever swears by the altar swears by it and everything on it. And whoever swears by the temple swears by it and by him who dwells in it. And whoever swears by heaven swears by the throne of God and by him who sits upon it. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you tithe mint and dill and cumin, and have neglected the weightier matters of the law. You have neglected justice and mercy and faithfulness. These you ought to have done without neglecting the others. You blind guides, straining out a gnat and swallowing a camel. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you clean the outside of the cup and the plate, but inside they are full of greed and self-indulgence. You blind Pharisee, first clean out the inside of the cup and the plate, that the outside also may be clean. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you are like whitewashed tombs, which outwardly appear beautiful, but within are full of dead people's bones and all uncleanness. So you also outwardly appear righteous to others, but within you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you build the tombs of the prophets and desecrate the monuments of the righteous, saying, If I had lived in the days of our fathers, we would not have taken part with them in shedding the blood of the prophets. Thus you witness against yourselves that you are sons of those who murdered the prophets. Fill up, then, the measure of your fathers. You serpents, you brood of vipers, how are you to escape being sentenced to hell? 
Therefore I send you prophets and wise men and scribes, some of whom you will kill and crucify, and some you will flog in your synagogues and persecute from town to town, so that you may all come to the righteous blood shed on earth, from the blood of the righteous Abel to the blood of Zechariah, the son of Berechiah, whom you murdered between the sanctuary and the altar. Truly I say to you, all these things will come upon this generation. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it, how often would I have gathered your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, and you were not willing. See, your house is left you desolate, for I tell you, you will not see me again until you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Luke chapter 20 One day, as Jesus was teaching the people in the temple and preaching the gospel, the chief priests and the scribes with the elders came up and said to him, Tell us by what authority you do these things, or who it is that gave you this authority. He answered them, I will also ask you a question. Now tell me, was the baptism of John from heaven or from man? And they discussed it with one another, saying, If we say from heaven, he will say, Why did you not believe him? But if we say from man, all the people will stone us to death, for they are convinced that John was a prophet. So they answered that they did not know where it came from. And Jesus said to them, Neither will I tell you by what authority I do these things. And he began to tell the people this parable. A man planted a vineyard and let out to tenants and went into another country for a long while. When the time came, he sent a servant to the tenants so that they would give him some of the fruit of the vineyard. But the tenants beat him and sent him away empty-handed, and he sent another servant. But they also beat and treated him shamefully and sent him away empty-handed. And he sent yet a third. This one also they wounded and cast out. Then the owner of the vineyard said, What shall I do? I will send my beloved son. Perhaps they will respect him. But when the tenants saw him, they said to themselves, This is the heir. Let us kill him, so that the inheritance may be ours. And they threw him out of the vineyard and killed him. What then will the owner of the vineyard do to them? He will come and destroy those tenants and give the vineyard to others. When they heard this, they said, Surely not. But he looked directly at them and said, What then is this that is written? The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. Everyone who falls on that stone will be broken to pieces, and when it falls on anyone, it will crush him. The scribes and the chief priests sought to lay hands on him at that very hour, for they perceived that he had told this parable against them, but they feared the people. So they watched him and sent spies, who pretended to be sincere, that they might catch him in something he said so as to deliver him up to the authority and jurisdiction of the governor. So they asked him, Teacher, we know that you speak and teach rightly and show no partiality, but truly teach the way of God. Is it lawful for us to give tribute to Caesar or not? But he perceived their craftiness and said to them, Show me a denarius. Whose likeness and inscription does it have? They said, Caesar's. He said to them, then render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. And they were not able in the presence of the people to catch him and what he said, but marveling at his answer they became silent. There came to him some Sadducees, those who deny that there is a resurrection. And they asked him a question, saying, Teacher, Moses wrote for us that if a man's brother dies, having a wife but no children, the man must take the widow and raise up offspring for his brother. Now there were seven brothers, 
The first took a wife and died without children. And the second and the third took her, and likewise all seven left no children and died. Afterward the woman also died. In the resurrection, therefore, whose wife will this woman be? For the seven had her as a wife. And Jesus said to them, The sons of this age marry and are given in marriage. But those who are considered worthy to attain to that age and to the resurrection from the dead neither marry nor are given in marriage. For they cannot die any more, because they are equal to angels and are sons of God, being sons of the resurrection. But that the dead are raised, even Moses showed in the passage about the bush, where he calls the Lord God of Abraham, and the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Now he is not God of the dead, but of the living, for all live to him. Then some of the scribes answered, Teacher, you have spoken well, for they no longer dared to ask him any question. But he said to them, How can they say that the Christ is David's son? For David himself says in the book of Psalms, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand, until I make your enemies your footstool. David thus calls him Lord, so how is he his son? And in the hearing all the people he said to his disciples, Beware of the scribes, who like to walk around in long robes, and love greetings in the marketplaces, and the best seats in the synagogues, and the places of honor at feasts, who devour widows' houses, and for a pretense make long prayers. They will receive the greater condemnation. Chapter 21 Jesus looked up and saw the rich putting their gifts into the offering box, and he saw a poor widow put in two small copper coins. And he said, Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put in more than all of them, for they all contributed out of their abundance, but she out of her poverty put in all she had to live on. And while some were speaking of the temple, how it was adorned and noble stones and offerings, he said, As for these things that you see, the days will come when there will not be left here one stone upon another that will not be thrown down. And they asked him, Teacher, when will these things be, and what will be the sign when these things are about to take place? And he said, See that you are not led astray, for many will come in my name, saying, I am he, and the time is at hand. Do not go after them. And when you hear of wars and tumults, do not be terrified, for these things must first take place, but the end will not be at once. Then he said to them, Nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. There will be great earthquakes, and in various places famines and pestilences. And there will be terrors and great signs from heaven. But before all this, they will lay their hands on you and persecute you, delivering you up to the synagogues and prisons, and you will be brought before kings and governors for my name's sake. This will be your opportunity to bear witness. Settle it therefore in your minds, not to meditate beforehand how to answer, for I will give you a mouth and wisdom, which none of your adversaries will be able to withstand or contradict. You will be delivered up, even by parents and brothers and relatives and friends, and some of you they will put to death. You will be hated by all your namesake, but not a hair on your head will perish. By your endurance you will gain your lives. But when you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, then know that its desolation has come near. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains, and let those who are inside the city depart, and let not those who are out in the country enter it. For these are the days of vengeance, to fulfill all that is written. Alas, for women who are pregnant, and for those who are nursing infants in those days. For there will be great distress upon the earth, and wrath against this people. They will fall by the edge of the sword, and be led captive among all nations, 
and Jerusalem will be trampled underfoot by the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled. And there will be signs in the sun and the moon and the stars, and the earth's distress of nations in perplexity because of the roaring of the seas and the waves, people fainting with fear and with foreboding of what is coming on the world, for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. And then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now when these things begin to take place, straighten up and raise your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. And he told them a parable. Look at the fig tree and all the trees. As soon as they come out in leaf, you see for yourselves, and you know that the summer is already near. So also when you see these things taking place, you know that the kingdom of God is near. Truly I say to you, this generation will not pass away until all has taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. But watch yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with the dissipation and drunkenness and the cares of this life, and that day come upon you suddenly like a trap. For it will come upon all who dwell on the face of the whole earth. But stay awake at all times, praying that you may have strength to escape all these things that are going to take place, and to stand before the Son of Man. And every day he was teaching in the temple, but at night he went out and lodged on the mount called Olivet. And early in the morning, all the people came to him in the temple to hear him. Thanks so much for listening to God's Plan, Your Part. If anything stuck out to you, if you have any questions, or if you'd like to receive a Bible, you can email us at godsplanyourpart at gmail.com. Also, if you're enjoying the podcast, please consider supporting us through the link in our description. We love that you're on this journey with us, and we hope you have a great day. See you tomorrow.